Well, the Apple Sox get one game from this series against the Walla Walla Sweets. Not the way they were hoping to come back to Wenatchee, but they are able to avoid being swept as they pick up a 10-5 victory on Sunday night. It didn't start very well for the Apple Sox. They gave up three runs in the bottom of the first inning for the second straight day as Quincy Vassar allowed each of the first five hitters to reach base. Three of them would score, but he would ultimately strand the bases loaded, and that proved to be huge as the Apple Sox would rally back and eventually win this one despite the rough start. They put up two runs in the third inning as with two outs, it looked like it was going to be a tough frame. Adam Fossil drew a walk. Joichiro Oyama singled to put runners at first and third. But after that, Matt Hallback stepped up to the plate and delivered with one big swing of the bat. The 3-1. That swung on and lofted out toward right field. This ball is dying fast. And the right fielder cross dives but cannot get it. Fossil scores. Oyama being sent all the way around from first base. He will score. Darlington gives him the wave, and Hallback comes through, lofting one into shallow right field. It was a long run in for Cross. He dove but could not make the play, and the Apple Sox will plate two. A two-RBI double for Matt Hallback. We'll be mentioning his name a little bit later, but that put two runs across and made it a one-run ball game. Vassar, who had struggled in the first inning, would come back and have a really solid bottom of the third after the Apple Sox scored two runs in the top half. He picked up two strikeouts in the frame and again got out of a bases-loaded jam. See what he has here in his bag of tricks. Another one-ball, two-strike pitch coming. He deals, and it's swung on and missed for strike three. Third punch out of the ball game for the lefty from Brewster. The 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss for strike three. Vassar gets out of it in the fourth inning. The Apple Sox came back up to the plate with the game just a 3-2 Walla Walla lead. And Wenatchee would take the lead as they burst for a three-run inning. Ezra Samperi with a game-tying single. He and Ive Arquette would come around to score later on on wild pitches. And the Apple Sox hung three runs on the board to take a 5-3 lead. Come in a few times as defensive replacement. Laces one over the head of second baseman Harrison into right field. Sherrod will be waved around third and he scores. Arquette stops at third. First pitch swinging, Ezra Samperi ties this game up with an RBI single to right center to plate Sherrod all the way from second. The 1-1. In the dirt, skips off the netting, and Arquette's going to come in to score. It's a wild pitch to give Wenatchee the lead. As Oyama takes inside for ball four, it skips and gets away. Samperi will score. That throw gets away, but the third baseman Johnson backs it up. A ball four inside that missed to Oyama. He draws a walk. Another wild pitch scores Sam Perry, and Wenatchee has scored its third run of the inning. After that, Walla Walla made things a little bit interesting. Vassar continued to roll, a couple of strikeouts in the fourth and two more in the sixth inning, but he would have a little bit of an issue as with two outs in the sixth, he gave up a RBI single after a one-out double. That scored a run and made it a little bit closer. It was 5-4, to four. Wenatchee only up by one. He would exit the ball game. Jake Putnam came in, got the final out, it would actually added some insurance in the seventh. Hallback led off with a double. Davini singled, and Sherrod drew a walk to load up the bases. Then Enzo Apodaca got some luck from the baseball gods. Enzo digs in, and the 0-2 pitch again is swung on and chopped towards second. This is a high hop over the second baseman, Harrison. A funky bounce is going to plate two. Hallback scores, and Davini's also in right behind him. It's a two-RBI funky single for Enzo Apodaca. Caught a rock or a rough spot on the infield dirt, 
no chance for the second baseman Harrison. It popped up well over his head. That's the type of bounce you see at Paul Thomas Senior Stadium. And <laughs> we're not in Wenatchee tonight as the Apple Sox get a lucky bounce to plate two. A hard hit ball over toward the second baseman Harrison, almost right at him, hit a perfect spot in the dirt, jumped up and went over his head into right center field. Two runs scored and the Apple Sox wouldn't be done. Ezra Samperi hit a sack fly to score another, and Xander Orohudo singled down the right field line to score the fourth run of the inning. First offering to Samperi, popped in the air out toward right field. Moving back cross, he will make the grab. Both runners will tag. Sherrod comes in to score. Apodaca to third. It's eight to four Apple Sox on a sack fly by Sam Perry out to right field. Now Orohudos goes the opposite way. This ball is dying fast, and it will get down for a base hit, and it scores another run for the Sox. Apodaca in to score. Base hit by Xander Orohudos to drive him in. It's now nine to four Wenatchee here in the seventh inning. Four runs in total in the seventh for the Sox. They added one more in the ninth. One out triple by Apodaca. He would score on a wild pitch, and that was all what Anchi needed. They pick up the 10-5 victory to win this, this final game of this three-game set, salvage this series after losing Friday and Saturday, and head back home with an off day on Monday before taking on the Cowboys Black Bears Tuesday through Thursday at Paul Thomas Senior Stadium. We're joined now by Matt Hallback after his two-for-five performance and two of those hits, both doubles. Matt, you lead the Apple Sox in extra base hits. A uh, big one for you in the third inning, a two-run knock at that time. The game wasn't out of reach for you guys because you're only down three to nothing. You helped bring it a little bit closer. Uh, you could step up to the plate in a key situation there, but there were two outs. What was your approach at the plate? Uh, I mean, it's kind of the same thing that I always do. I knew a lefty. Um, He's probably going to mix in some change-ups. So I just try to shoot the ball up and uh, let it get as deep as possible. So if he makes in a change-up, I could pull it. But um, I just got a fastball a little bit outside and just went with it. Um, got a nice little double. You have hit lefties really well in this series. You had another hit yesterday, two here today, well, one of them against the lefty. But, I mean, in a way it's got to be exciting for you when you get that kind of situation just as a right-handed hitter. Do you just see the ball a little bit differently, or is it nice when the breaking ball is kind of coming in towards you like everyone believes? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely easier to see the ball out of a lefty's hand. Um, and they don't throw as many sliders, but it's more change-ups. So it kind of eliminates, like, uh, the horizontal break. And at that point, you're just seeing the ball up. And it, uh, it makes it makes it a lot easier, I feel like. On your two-run double with two outs in the third inning, you one of the runs you played it was Joichiro Oyama, who now set a West Coast single-season record for runs scored. Uh, I mean, you and Joe have been batting at the top of the order all summer long. How cool was that to see and see him making history like yeah, this? Yeah, it was super cool. He he told me before the game he needed one run, so I knew uh, I knew we were going to get it done, and yeah. it happened to be early in the game, which was it was fun to do. It's pretty strange when he doesn't score, so I figured it was going to happen tonight, but exciting to be part of that. What was the key for you guys in this one especially? I mean, you guys swung the bats well yesterday, but today you knew things hadn't quite gone the way you wanted, but I felt like yesterday, besides the rough start, I, offensively there wasn't a lot to complain about. What do you think was the difference, though, here today for you guys? Um, I mean, I thought we did a really good job of just staying with us. I mean, even though you know two guys got ejected and all that, but... I. There was a lot of controversy with the umps, and it could have got a lot worse, I feel like. Um, and we did our best to just accept what happened and just keep playing. I mean, and we put up 10 runs, which was really good. Um, so, you know, just stay on us and um, 
you know, if it's a bad call, just let it be and just keep playing, that kind of stuff. It feels like when there's adversity, whether it's something like that here tonight or other situations where things just getting emotional, that's usually brought out the best of you guys. The first game I think of is that one in Victoria in June. I mean, kind of a similar situation where it got a little spicy at times. But how have you guys turned what's kind of been tense and emotional situations into really helping yourselves out? What's, does someone say something? Is it the coaching staff? Or is it you guys just kind of knowing, okay, it's our time now? Yeah, I think it's it's on us. I mean, I feel like we have a lot of emotional guys in a good way. Like, we, we get fired up by little things. Um, so sometimes when the arms are making bad calls, uh, you know, it gets us going. Like, okay, it's going to be us versus the other team and the umps now. And it kind of brings another chip on our shoulder. And I, I do think it actually helps us a little bit, even – even there's bad calls, uh, we get a little bit of motivation to play better. Yeah, it definitely doesn't seem like that. Well, Matt, great day from you. Thank you for joining us. Now let's go get Cowboys on Tuesday. Yeah, let's do it. Thank you. That was Matt Hallback. Now Quincy Vassar is going to join us after the Apple Sox 10-5 win. Quincy Vassar got the start in this one, and he had the battle. Uh, you know, Quincy entering this ball game, your past 11 innings as a starting pitcher, you had not allowed any runs. You had a shorter outing this past Tuesday, and that was with the intention that you would start today. First inning didn't go the way you wanted. But after that, really, I think after the fifth, the third walk of the game, something changed in you. And you got a hit by pitch later in the inning. That could have been a, a ball as well. What changed after that last walk? Yeah, they kind of came out and slapped me in the face right away, which was uh, not exciting. Um, I saw Gores run down to the bullpen in the first inning, and I was like, okay, like we, we got to make a change here. Zero outs, bases loaded. Uh, if I wanted to stay in, got to start throwing um the guys really picked it up behind me I, I wouldn't have been able to stay in there the way I did if if they weren't uh making plays and and scoring runs you know the run support was, was super helpful uh it comes and goes and um I'm glad we had it tonight you know especially when I didn't have my best stuff I, I just love the way the guys picked me up tonight I think the best defensive play behind you was probably that second out of the inning the foul pop out third base side Michael Devaney had to go a long way to get that when he made that catch, was there kind of a moment where you're like, okay, here we go now. Yep. Now it's going the way I want. Yep. Uh, got a positive play out of that, and, and I kind of tried to use that to flip the switch, carry the momentum. He really did have to run a long way, and different parks have different you know, foul territory, so it was, it was uh, nice to him, for him to get all the way to that ball. In the next few innings, you didn't allow another run until two outs in the sixth, second, third, fourth, and fifth, all scoreless. Simply put, what was going right in those innings? Just found the mix. Um, didn't have my best fastball today. Was able to mix all four pitches for strikes through those innings. Uh, keep them off balance and and try to gas it up when I needed it. Um, they're really good hitters. This team swings it well. Uh, they track pitches. They don't swing at balls. So I mean, trying to fill it up. Uh, make them make them put it in play. Also, final appearance for you this summer with the Apple Sox. What are some things you're going to remember from the summer? What was your favorite part of the year? And Because it's got to be a little strange shutting it down now. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a little more surreal now. I, It's pretty sad. You know, I, I love this team. I love the way uh, we battled this whole summer so far. Um, the coaches, they've, they've done a great job, especially for, you know, Mitch being a first-year coach. He's, he's doing a great job. Um, I wish everybody all the best here. It's 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 the program I want to play in, you know. Uh, next summer, same same deal. I hope so, to see more of these guys back, you know. Uh, Joe setting the record for run score tonight. It's it's amazing, man. Like that's history, and that that's the kind of stuff you don't forget. Um, we've made a lot of memories, and we've played a lot of good baseball this summer. Uh, it's it's just amazing.
It's been a lot of fun. Well, well, Quincy, thank you for joining us. Enjoy the rest of your summer before heading back to Vanguard. Thank you. Apple Sox win 10-5 against the Walla Walla Suites. I'm Joel Norton, and we're joined by the head coach of the Apple Sox, Mitch Darlington. Mitch, a nice win for you guys. You said earlier today this was must-win territory. You could not come home without a win. It wasn't the weekend that you wanted, but you had to be proud of your team's response here today in what was certainly an emotional game. But for whatever reason this year, it feels like these emotional games have tended to go the Apple Sox way. Sometimes you bend, but you don't break. Talk to me about how you guys used some adversity here today and channeled it the proper way. Yeah, I thought, uh, honestly, with with kind of the situation going on, with just some of the calls, the umpiring, and just all the stuff going on, I thought our guys really uh, really battled through a, a lot of different stuff today. Um, and so, yeah, I think it kind of kick-started us there for a while, and we were just talking about playing through it. And um, like you said, but before the game, we, we talked as a team and said, this feels like a must-win day for us. Um, and there's only been a few of those this season. Most of the time we're taking it day by day, but um, just kind of looking at the standings and looking where we're at and in a tight playoff race, we just felt like uh, we, we have to salvage this series and come back home 500 and, um, and restart here with a, with a good Cowlitz team this next week. Was there a specific moment in the middle of this game? I'm not talking about what happened on the field. Was there a specific moment where you kind of almost had to rally the troops, so to speak, or did someone in the dugout say something that was just the right message? What was the key for you guys kind of turning the adversity into something that was positive for you? Yeah, honestly, I thought, I mean, it's hard to go back to all, all the way to the first inning, but uh, Quincy had a moment there where we started getting some guys moving in the bullpen, and we thought, holy moly, this could get ugly quick with uh, the three-spot he'd given up. But, um, man, to his credit, you know, I kept telling Aaron Vaughn, our pitching coach, I just I know in Quincy, knowing the competitor he is, he's going to find a way to gut through this even after giving up that three spot, and that's exactly what he did. He found a way to get out of it, minimize damage, um, and then just kept hanging zeros after zero and, and letting this offense you know climb back into this game. We, we got a couple runs, I think it was the second or third inning, and cut it to one run, and then from there I felt like, okay, here we go. We're going to have a good chance. And um, guys, guys just fought. Guys, this is one of the one of the few nights where I felt like our guys just absolutely fought tooth and nail, and and just flat out we're we're not going to lose tonight. I felt that way once you took the lead after the three run fourth inning. It felt like it's a two run lead. It's not secure, but it's at a situation where you can tell the guys are battling today. Mm -hmm. It's we saw this yesterday, but there weren't enough outs on the mound today. The difference was Vassar went back out and just pretty much shoved for four innings before finally giving up another run in the sixth. I mean, his line wasn't the prettiest, but it was kind of emblematic of what he did this year. Some really good things, a couple bad moments, but all in all was able to give you innings. How huge is that to get from a guy bouncing back after a tough first? Yeah, that's that's huge. Like you said, I, I think that really describes Quincy. He, no matter if he has his best stuff or not, he had a, I mean, he had a ton of highs this season, a lot of strikeouts. He had a, a bunch of big moments for us, but um, what really – what really is impressive about Quincy Vassar is those days where he doesn't have his best stuff, it seems like he still finds a way to go give you five or six innings, and it's always a competitive game. It's always a chance for your ball club to go win it. And really, honestly, that's all you can ask from your starting pitcher. Go out there and give us a chance to win, and, uh, he, and he's done that all summer for us. Jake Putnam went the final three and a third, didn't give up the one run the ninth inning, but it pretty much felt like, especially as the game kind of moved in a favorable direction for you guys, it was, we're going to keep him out there. This is our guy. You hadn't really had a situation like this besides briefly Friday where you needed to use a late-inning guy. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about your confidence in him. It just seems like it continues to grow with each outing, and he continues to improve each time too. Yeah, he uh, he he's a little more of a back-end guy than a guy like Evan Canfield, but uh, kind of the same mentality. We 
we feel like if we get a lead and we get into the seventh and, and things get tight, it's just, hey, let's go straight to Putman and see see what he can do, see if he can go finish this game for us. Um, and so he competed as well. He, he, this time of year, we, we just, with, with guys departing and innings limits and, and, you know, losing pitching slowly and slowly, the roster gets a little more thin as we head towards August. Um, we just don't have that luxury in the bullpen just to, to go to two to three different guys to close out a game. So guys have to come in like Putnam did and, and kind of ramp up the pitch counts and, and find a way just to, just to get out. So. Joichiro Oyama scored his 48th run of the season, a new West Coast League single-season record. I can't even believe we're talking about that with still two weeks to go in the season. But mm-hmm. uh, he came in to score on the two-RBI double from Hallback in the third. How incredible is that to happen? And just It says a lot about the player that Oyama is with how much he gets on base. How proud are you that it's him in a way, that type of guy being rewarded with this kind of history? Oh, man, I... Uh the, the list goes on and on about Joichiro Oyama. Um, honestly, I, I am so blessed just to be able to coach, just to be able to coach Joe. Um, I, I have learned, I, I honestly, I have learned so much more from Joe than I'd probably say Joe has learned from us co- us coaches this summer. The way about that, the way that kid goes about his business day in, day out, he's so disciplined. His work ethic is honestly, I've never seen the work ethic that Joe puts in. Um, never misses a day in the weight room. Um, always here for early work. Always asking coaches how he can get better. Um, you know, and this is a guy that's setting West Coast League records, and he's and he's just so hungry, hungry to get better, hungry to learn from coaches, and um, I, I'm so proud of him. He deserves everything he gets from here on out in his career. It's been so impressive watching what he's done this year and just continuing to write his name, not just into the Apple Sox record books, but the West Coast League record books as well. Mitch, an off day on Monday, and then you guys have this this series. You mentioned it's a tough one against Cowlitz. That's a pretty solid team. They've been playing a little up and down. They've gotten beaten up a bit. It's a tough South division. I think we can all agree the mm-hmm. South, especially from what you saw from Walla Walla, the South is much better than the North division. So that doesn't figure to be an easy game and an easy series. What excites you about that, though, as you head back home, and what are you expecting out of this team over the next three days? Yeah, I, you know, we're excited just to get back home in front of our fans. You know, we're, we're counting down and looking at kind of the end of the schedule and seeing, um, I think we only got, what, six West Coast League games guaranteed at home uh, the rest of the way out. So we're going to cherish every single one of those we can get in front of our fans. Um, so we're going to be happy to go play in front of them. Um, got Davis Spencer going on the bump Tuesday, uh, a guy we really love. He's being built up all summer slowly now, uh, going to be able to throw 50 pitches for us and keep ramping up that pitch count. Um, and then obviously Evan Canfield didn't make the trip, so he'll be available, and some guys will be available out of the bullpen. But um, you know, just excited to go back in front of our fans and go compete. It'd be nice to have a few more arms out of the pen. It was a little <laughs> bit, a little bit thin this weekend, but yep. you know, you guys managed here to get the win here today and uh, salvage this one. Mitch, thank you for joining us. We will talk to you on Tuesday. Awesome. Thank you, Joel. That was Mitch Darlington, Apple Songs head coach, after the 10 to 5 victory tonight against Walla Walla. Prior to Sunday night's game, I had a chance to catch up with Apple Sox outfielder Adam Fossil. Give a listen. I'm Joel Norman, and we're joined by Apple Sox outfielder Adam Fossil, who's settling into a really nice groove at the plate. You heard from him last week at home, continuing to get it done here on the road. Adam, you stretched your hitting streak to nine games with a base hit late in yesterday's ball game. Obviously, I told you about this hit streak a moment ago, but it was, was it something you were aware of? Is it something you kind of think about at all at any point in the game in the back of your head? Um, no, I didn't know about it until I saw the social media post. Uh, so maybe that might have jinxed it, but we'll see. Um, no, I just try to see something over the plate and just, you know, be on time. Um, no, no really different approach um, during this hit streak. Just trying to see good pitches to hit and, and swing at them. 
you seem like you've settled into a nice groove overall. Hit streak aside, uh, you're just you're finding ways to get on. Your on-base percentage has been there all year. The average has just kind of been steadily climbing this whole month. What do you think has been the biggest change from you? Because you hit a rut in the middle of June, but you've really gotten out of it nicely. Um, I think just kind of just settling into the box and just understanding how teams are going to pitch me. You know, you're not going to see a lot of straight stuff. You're going to see, you know, a mix of everything and, and maybe straight stuff late. So just trying to, you know, not really think too much and try to get a certain pitch. Just try to cover the whole plate with everything and try to be able to hit every pitch. It's easier said than done, but, you know, that's kind of what you got to do against better arms. So I've been able to, to do that recently and hopefully I can keep it going. You brought up better arms. You've uh, had to make a jump and adjustment level. You faced a lot of D2 guys, of course, in the spring. Now you're up at the West Coast League level, and it's kind of a conglomerate of everything. But yeah. a lot of teams are throwing those big Division One arms right now. What's yep. that adjustment that you've had to make? What changes have you had to make facing different types of arms? Um, I mean, the velo isn't really different from D2 to okay. uh, D1. It's, I mean, maybe the top-end guys in D1 are obviously going to throw a little bit harder than the top-end guys in D2. But the thing that um, the better pitcher, like the D1 pitchers, are able to do more is they're able to throw like three pitches for strikes, whereas maybe you might only see a guy in D2 that can throw two pitches for strikes. So um, just being able to, like I said, just be able to cover the whole plate and, and not really get too selfish and try to, you know, hit a ball like over the fence or anything like that, but just really taking your singles and just, you know, take, you know, take your medicine. We know you can hit bombs. Would you hit 15 this past spring? Central? No, no, no. I hit <laughs> several. I, I only hit eight. So, eight, okay. But maybe I can get into double digits we'll get next to that year. This year then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's something to work on for sure. Get in the weight room, get stronger. So, we're chatting with Adam Foss ahead of tonight's game between the Apple Sox and the Walla Walla Suites. And Adam, let's talk about your journey with the Apple Sox. You were signed about a week before the season, yep. 10 day contract. You obviously turned that immediately into a full time contract. What did that mean to, one, get the opportunity, but then, two, not just be excited about the opportunity, but make the most of it? Um, yeah, no, I was very excited to come out and play with, you know, like D1 guys and just guys all – I mean, not just the D1 guys, but, you know, yeah, there's there's guys from, like, JUCOs, D2s, all, NAIs, everyone can play. So it's just kind of seeing, you know, all that talent kind of mixed together has really been fun to, to play against. And, uh, you know, I'm just happy that I was able to, you know, compete and, and stay for the whole summer, not just 10 days. A great thing that I've enjoyed is your versatility. I think not just you, Cole Miller, and Enzo Apodoc, all three of you guys can play any spot in the outfield. Obviously, yep. that's just gigantic to a coaching staff in the summer. The other thing I liked is where you can kind of bat in the order. Recently, yep. you've settled in nicely at the number nine spot, which isn't always the most glamorous. It's probably a little more fun to be batting fifth. But yeah. in a way, you have an opportunity to turn the lineup over, and you might see more pitches as a number nine hitter. Is that something you've appreciated for those aspects or something else potentially? Yeah, I mean, you know, in the nine hole, uh, maybe, you know, when you haven't seen a team before and they think you're in the nine hole, they might throw you some straight stuff. But if you hit something hard, you know, in the first game, you're probably, you know, they're not going to treat you like a nine hole anymore. So, um, yeah, I mean, just really just trying to stay the approach. And like I said, just cover the whole plate, Um, just take my singles and, and, you know, the big ones will come. Awesome. Well, Adam, thanks for joining us. Go get some hits. Let's get to double digits on this hit streak. Awesome. Thank you. That does it for this edition of the Apple Sox podcast. Wadanchi is back in action on Tuesday, an off day on Monday. Believe it or not, the final off day of the 2022 regular season. We have two weeks of baseball left before the postseason, and the Apple Sox continue the playoff push on Tuesday when they face the Cowlitz Black Bears at 6.35 p.m. I'm Joel Norman, and this is the Apple Sox podcast.